Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. I want to welcome everybody. Welcome those of you folks who are online as well. Um, as we finish up a kind of a four a four week study of the real Christmas story or the rest of the Christmas story, or however we want to entitle this. Um, Pastor Stano said to me this week, he said, I'm glad you're doing the fourth week so I can straighten out everything that he said last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. Let's begin with the word of, with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we as your people are just so blessed, so blessed to have the, the evidence of the love that you have for us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you indeed be with us this morning. Um, help us to see the lessons that are here for us as we think about just what this wonderful Christmas story means to us and how we can perhaps share it with others. We pray in our Savior's name. Amen. 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 Um, I, re- I guess I read or heard um, that this Christmas there are going to be more people traveling than any other Christmas in the past. About 115 million people are going to be on, on the move this Christmas season. I'm glad I am not. Um, I think a lot of people from our congregation um, are, however. Um, this morning, um, when you think about it, or when we do think about it, and kind of look at our look at our, our lessons, um, there was a lot of traveling that took place um, that very first Christmas season. Um, we looked initially at um, you know the journey Mary and Joseph took from Nazareth down to down to Bethlehem and saw that perhaps Jesus wasn't born in a stable and all of those other fictitious things. Um, Myth, not fictitious. Not myths, myths. but whatever. Um, <laughs> you saw that the word in, in Greek, mm-hmm. can also mean guest room. There probably were not a whole lot of inns in <clears throat> Bethlehem. And my granddaughter was in her Christmas program, <laughs> holding up a sign, no vacancies. Uh, so I, I didn't burst her bubble at all. So. Today we're going to look at a couple of more journeys that took place um, that we can perhaps associate with the, um, with the Christmas story. Um, some of them are, are longer than, than the other ones, but I think each of them, there's some real significance um, with respect to um, each of these journeys that, that, were, that were taken. The first journey would be that Mary and Joseph um, would have taken the baby to the synagogue. Um, and we find this in Luke chapter 2, Verse 21, it's just one verse, or 
And it says, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. So eight days after Jesus' birth, and again, we don't know exactly when that, when that was, um, and as we have said previously, the best guesses are somewhere between maybe 6 B.C., 7 B.C., 6 B.C. Um, it took place before 4 B.C., because in 4 B.C., Herod the Great died. So Jesus was born prior, um, you know, prior to, prior to that. Um, we don't know for sure... Um, where Jesus was circumcised, the baby Jesus was circumcised. Um, it could have been in a synagogue, perhaps in Bethlehem. Um, we really have we really have no idea, but that would have that would have been perhaps the traditional place for the circumcision to take place. Or um, some um, scholars have said that it was even more traditional for perhaps the rabbi to come to the home of the child and the circumcision would take place there. And, and also some people's theologians have said it, would, it wouldn't have been the rabbi's primary job, it would have perhaps even been the father's primary job to circumcise the, you know, the son. So we don't know where it took place. Um, for those who think that Mary and Joseph were in a stable for eight days, they think, well, the, probably that was probably not the best place for it to take place, but if he had been in a guest room or in a, you know, in a, in a house, perhaps a rabbi came, or a synagogue. So, first journey after Jesus' birth, a couple of blocks, perhaps, maybe, um, to the synagogue in, in Bethlehem, to be circumcised. Um, it, that event in the life of a, a, Jewish, uh, a, a Jewish boy, I think would probably be akin to um, perhaps our baptisms. Um, it would have been a day of celebration, it would have been a day of joy, it would have been the, it would have been fulfilling or the, fulfilling the command that, that God gave to Abraham back in Genesis that every male should be circumcised eighth day. Um, and at that point, given a name. And, and the name that Jesus, this baby was given, is the name Jesus, um, which is the Greek of Joshua, which means God saves. It was the name that the angel told um, Mary, Mary to name her, you know, to name her, to name her child. Um, again, a very special day in the life of um, a... A Jewish, a Jewish family with their first, with the, with their, with their, for their son. Any questions about that? So that's the first maybe journey, a couple of blocks that would have been taken by Jesus or by Jesus' family. Any thoughts, reminders about about that? Um, I, I, I recently noted. I don't know what the original language was. Mm -hmm. saying, but, um, they were they were there for a while. I guess uh, Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. The the, the Magi came uh, maybe a couple years later, 
But they were in a house when the Magi came. Yes, they, they were in a house. Yeah. So that they had to the point. Yeah, we, and we don't... And, and one of the things, John, I know, you, I know you've been with the choir and, and all. One of the things that we had said in one of the earlier, earlier classes, um, you know, we have this, this view that Mary and Joseph traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, knocked on the door, the innkeeper said there's no room, they were shown a stable, and the baby was born that night. Um, that was probably not what happened. Um, it's just, in a, in a way, unthinkable that Mary and Joseph would have traveled um, this eight-day arduous journey with Mary being, you know, nine months pregnant. Um, many people think that this took place relatively, not relatively early in her pregnancy, but, but perhaps when she is even six or seven months pregnant, because it says, and while they were there, Mary, the baby was, was born. So there are many people who think that, that they were in Bethlehem for a while, and the baby was born, you know, after, you know, after a while. Um, and, and it does. It says, while they were there, this baby was born. Probably didn't happen that evening. And didn't you say that it's possible she stayed with cousin Elizabeth? She could have, you know, that would have been another, you know, thing. The idea that, that, um, the idea that when they arrived in Bethlehem and there was no place for them to stay, and, and as we said, that word in also means guest room, um, they could very well have stayed with the cousin, her cousin Elizabeth, who was right in that area, you know, you know, right in that area too. So we don't, you know, these are all unknowns. We had said, we had, we had said that. Um, we do not know, and I guess Pastor would have talked about it last week. We do not know when the wise men, um, we do not know when the wise men, you know, came either. So, um, but we can do that. But we know after the baby was born. Eight days later, the baby was circumcised, um, probably in, in Bethlehem, in the town of Bethlehem, at a synagogue there, or perhaps even the rabbi would have, would have come to wherever they were. The next trip they would have taken would have been to Jerusalem. Um, this took place 40 days after the baby was, was born. Jerusalem was maybe five or six miles from um, Bethlehem. If, again, we're saying that we're, we're assuming that they were you know, living in Bethlehem. Forty days after the baby's birth, Mary and Joseph and the child would have traveled to the temple in, um, in, in Jerusalem for um, a time of purification. And why don't, we read, why don't we read that, what took place there, some really significant, um, significant things, starting in verse 22 of Luke chapter 2. If somebody, would somebody read, we want to go down to, um, to verse 38. So if somebody could read from 22 to 38. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, 
who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for a revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming... Up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Okay. Um, here we have another another event that um, it was required by, by law um, in the book of Leviticus that after a, a woman gave, gave birth, she would go to the she would go to the temple forty days after giving birth to a a male eighty days after giving birth to a female um, i don 't know why there was the why there was the difference, but um, they were required to um, go for this rite of of purification um, and then there was also this other interesting thing it says every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. Um, it was believed that the firstborn male and the firstborn of everything, really, was God's. That this child was not really theirs. I shouldn't say that. Uh, wasn't really theirs, but it was the belief that this child is, is God's. And they are to offer their child to God. But they offered a sacrifice to redeem or buy back the child so that the child could be their own. Or the child, so the sacrifice was, was offered so that the child could be or, or was, was theirs. John? Um, Wasn't this connected with uh, God doing in the firstborn of all the Egyptians yeah. as part of the Exodus? Like, I took their firstborn, I got your firstborn, but I'm not going to kill them, but they belong to me. Yeah. So you'll yes. remember what I did. It was, yeah, it was, you know, back there. And so, so this was the, the offering then. Um, and, it, you know, and, and in a way, it's a kind of an interesting um, acknowledgement um, that God has given us our children as gifts and I think we need to perhaps remember that um, you know we are res- we are responsible for the gifts that God has given you know you know to us. Um, there's a there's a message. I think there's a message there too that if we 
we think about it. Was it implied that the firstborn should become a priest? Or? No, I don't think so. Um, um, I don't know. Um, if I remember correctly, when there's all the stuff about that, God says, I choose the sons of Levi, but you have to pay me for the other sons that I'm not taking. That, that you're not, yes. There's some sort of, it's in, in Exodus or in there, yes. back in this, like, cough up this money for whatever to, to redeem every tribe except the tribe of Levi, and I will claim them for mine. So I guess, I don't know if it answers your question. Yeah, that's they, were, they were expected to. Another thought might be, I think of Isaac. As the uh, not only the son on the altar, mm-hmm. uh, Abraham was ready to sacrifice his son, but also the promise carrier. The uh, but the promise, the covenant, was passed down through the firstborn son in mm-hmm. uh, Jacob. And then, uh, actually, Jacob stole it, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> got kind of screwed up. Right. But anyway, that's the. Yeah, in Numbers, in Numbers 18, verse 14, if you just want to put a note next to that, it says, um, it, in, it says, Everything in Israel that is devoted to the Lord is yours. The first offspring of every womb, both male and animal, that is offered to the Lord is yours. But you must redeem every firstborn son and every firstborn male of unclean animals. Um, so, whatever. That is... You know, and again, they follow the um, they follow the, uh, the the Old Testament um, laws very you know very very closely. So they're in the temple, and they come across. Uh, then two uh, two other individuals are there. The first one, Simeon, and the second uh, one, Anna. And the Simeon, um, I do not know how. You know, how did Simeon know? Yeah. That this child was was the one. Um, I don't. Is this the only place he's mentioned? Yeah, it's the only place he's mentioned. We don't see him any anywhere else. Um, here's this man and woman with a baby, and you know somehow it's revealed to Simeon that this is the baby that he, that he had been promised that he would not die until he saw. Um, the the coming of the Messiah and 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 in a way this is a, a, a bridge between the Old Testament and New Testament. It's a, you know this individual you know individual um, you know serves as you know as that as that bridge that he was promised by God that he would not die until he saw the saw the Messiah. Three times three times in that brief section he is. Uh, Described as being uh, close in, or led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Three three times in a couple sentences. So you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, very you know, very much so. And then and then the wonderful um, you know the wonderful uh, declaration after having been in the presence of this child that the Nuntimitus that we sing in our in our. Um, you know, communion service. Um, now let us that thy servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Um, that's a that's just a you know a beautiful a, a beautiful um, uh, you know thought. I have oftentimes used that um, at a funeral at a funeral service um, where. Especially, obviously, when I know somebody that 
you know, that John died in peace, and the re- you know, first of all, a servant. I could talk about how this individual used his faith and, and served the Lord, um, died in peace. Why? Because he knew the promise of salvation through his, you know, through his Savior. And I, and I think this is perhaps the sentiment, too, that, um, that Simeon is, you know, is stating here, that he, he was given the promise, and now he's okay. Is there, there, there's, there's a pointed thing here, too, in verse 35, um, a sword will pierce your own soul, too. Um, this is a little bit looking forward to Mary, of what's going to happen to this, to this baby. Um, we really don't, I don't know what kind of, no, I don't know if she fully understood what that meant at this point in time, but um, it sure is a, a prophecy as to, you know, as to what would eventually happen. John? To me, it's one of those things that, it's like you say, and then when the really bad stuff starts happening, then you can remember. Back. Okay, Lord, you told me this was going to happen, right. so there's nothing wrong here. You're going to be okay. Right. That it's not going to be fun. Right. Well, and this, you know, and the, and the thing is, you know, how would Luke know any of this if Mary hadn't told him? Told him. Um, so this is where he would have gotten his, you know, received his information as, you know, as well. And then, and then the other person that's here is Anna. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman who is what eighty-four years mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she never left the temple. Now I don't know if that means that she literally never left the temple, but I, I think there were um, rooms for widows that she could have resided resided there. But um, it also could mean perhaps. Um, You know, pastor could say, John, you and I could have said, man, we, we lived at the church. Um, you, know, um, you know, could be saying that, whether she literally never left the temple, we don't, we don't could know. Could she have been a caretaker of sorts? I, well, somebody had to sort of watch over he, things. Well, except that there would, she, there would have been a, a place, um, a court of the women, so she wouldn't have really been... Oh, yeah. Have access to the whole to the whole place. Um, don't know, but there apparently there was a place within that whole temple complex for widows, um, and that and it, and it could you know you know and it indeed could could mean could mean that um, she worshipped the day and night, fasting and praying. You know, obviously this woman was a. A dedicated, devout um, individual. I, I, and I think perhaps that's the, you know, that's the um, point that is being made. And then, um, you know, if, if we can have a lesson in, in verse thirty-eight. Yeah. Um, she gave thanks to God and spoke about this child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Um, you know, having been in the presence of the Christ child, um, it really must have moved her in a very in a very special way. And not only giving thanks to God, but also then the the speaking of him to any who would 
to any who would listen. Um, uh, you know, a woman who gets, you know, we don't think so much about her, but she had this, you know, fantastic um, experience that obviously um, moved her in a very, very special, in a very, very special way. Is this the only place she's mentioned? That's the only place she's mentioned as well. Does the tribe of Asher have any significance? It does. I don't know if it has any significance, but re- I don't know if, if you remember, uh, going back to, I think, our first lesson, that um, after King Solomon, Israel divided into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Jeroboam, what, Jeroboam was king of the northern kingdom. Rehoboam was king of the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom became bad, and the Assyrians destroyed the destroyed the the southern the, the, the northern kingdom by just dispersing them all over the place. Um, the tribe of Asher was part of the northern kingdom. Now, how she, how her family or whatever was down there in, in Jerusalem, we don't know. But they were dispersed all over the place. So she's a she's a remnant of that of that northern kingdom. Again, John. I would say some at some point, either before or after these, or while these things are coming, before that, when they started worshiping the calves and all those going south, there must have been some people that were descendants of Asher that were devout that said, "This is not good. I can't take this anymore. I'm going back to back to the temple where the temple is. Whatever. I got two choices: remain on the land that God said we're supposed to live on." where they're worshiping other stuff and doing bad things, or go to where they're not doing right. that. Right. And so some little thread of them. Yeah, the sub, yeah there, there was that remnant. Um, they were never together as a group. The northern kingdom was never a, you know, together as a group anymore. Um, but obviously her family somehow got back down to the Jerusalem, Jerusalem area. So this is then, you know, 40 days after Jesus's, Jesus's um, um, birth. Our next trip is kind of, we don't know when this took place. Um, if we go back to, if we go back to Matthew, Matthew says that after the wise men came to Bethlehem, Joseph had a dream in verse 13 of chapter 2 of Matthew. It says, when they had gone, and this means the wise men, and we don't know if, you know the night that they left or when they had gone, we don't know. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And so he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. Um, Let me just... And so fulfilled what the Lord said through his prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. Couple of things here now. Again, we do not know how old Jesus was 
when the wise men when the wise men came. Um, the Bible does say that they saw the child and Mary and Joseph were living in the house in a house. So we have no idea, you know, how much time took took place there. There are some people who say. Um, perhaps Jesus at this point that Mary and Joseph lived in Bethlehem for perhaps two years and the reason they say that is because um, when Herod had the babies killed um, he had everyone all the babies two years of age and younger and he determined that from the time because of what the wise men had said when they had first seen the star now we don't know if they set out we we don't know. Let's, I'm just gonna. I'm just going to. I'm just going to. You know, say. You know, say that. Um, uh, you know, we, we don't know how. We don't know how how old Jesus was. Nor do we know how long Mary and Joseph were in were in Bethlehem. Perhaps two years. We don't know. Um, and it could have been much less than. Then that maybe Herod was just covering his bases and um, wanted to make sure he got the one who was to be king of the Jews. Um, we don't we don't know. Um, I, I, again, I don't know how how much we know about the slaughter of the innocents by by Herod. We talked in our first class about. Um, you know what kind of person Herod was. He was an, an absolute, you know, tyrant. He, he, um, you know, had family members killed. Anybody who perhaps was go, he thought was going to um, usurp the throne, um, his or you know, his his authority and his throne. He had them. He had them slaughtered. He um, he had ordered that upon his death, um, Jewish prominent Jewish leaders would be would be um, slaughtered because he knew that nobody would be mourning him, but, he, but if everybody else was killed, there would be mourning in Israel. So, I mean, Herod was just a, you know, a cruel individual. So the idea that he would have had perhaps the babies slaughtered in Bethlehem um, is not, you know, is, is not far, far from, you know, from the truth or far stretched. Um, <coughs> Again, most people, most um, biblical scholars think when we think about the slaughter of the innocents, perhaps we're talking, you know, not hundreds upon hundreds of babies, perhaps 20. Um, that would have fit that description. Bethlehem was a tiny little town. There weren't that many babies born um, um, that would have fit that, that description. So, John? That, the, the, the babies dying like that's not all gratuitous cruelty because their deaths made Herod think Jesus was dead. And so he quit worrying about him and trying to kill him. If something like that had not happened, Herod would have kept, kept going. And so they're kind of like the Secret Service agents of baby Jesus. They, they took the bullet for him. <laughs> and, and Herod's like, okay, I got them all. They're dead. You know, I smashed it. And in his selfish, cruel way, I don't need to worry about that. That problem's taken care of. And that protected Jesus when he was a baby. Because you could see Herod sending somebody to Egypt to, you know, hunt him down because I'm that way. I will go to extreme lengths to hurt people. 
But because they died, he had his blood, and he thought, okay, I took care of it. That he would have taken care of it. Yes, very much so. Now let's take this journey to Egypt, which would, would have been a, a quite, a, quite a long journey from, from Bethlehem to Egypt. Um, and the idea of going to Egypt is not at all far-fetched. Far Far-fetched. <laughs> far um, Jews frequently fled to Egypt during, during difficult times. In fact, um, there were more Jewish people living in Alexandria at the time of Jesus' birth than there were living in Jerusalem. Um, so there was a large, large population of Jews in, e- in Egypt. Um, and they would have probably been in, in um, I'm going to say, Jewish ghettos. And I, 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 for the lack of a better word, I don't, you know, I don't know. But they would have been banded, they would have been banded together. And there's, there's all kinds of evidence that there were Jewish communities and Jewish synagogues you know, in, you know, in Egypt. So when this Jewish couple, Mary and Joseph and this, and this child, would have gone to Egypt, they probably would have been very much welcomed within the, within the community, uh, um, you, know, in, you know, in Egypt. John again? I just realized as you're saying this, it also means that doing this would be not stand out. It's typical. It's like, okay, so you're, for whatever reason, and nobody's really suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like in this day where somebody leaves a pack, it's like, is that a bomb? Why do you do? It's like, okay, it's another Jewish couple. They're going down the middle. Okay. It looks ordinary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when we advertised this um, study, we said the real Christmas story. Now let's put together the fake Christmas story. <coughs> There are lots of accounts of what happened to Mary and Joseph and this child on their journey from Bethlehem to Egypt. One very famous account is this one. While while Mary and Joseph and this child were on this journey to to Egypt, they were confronted by a band of robbers. Now, all of this, what I'm saying, is probably fake. Okay, this is all legend and Mary and Joseph and the child on their journey from Bethlehem to Egypt were confronted by a band of robbers. They were going to rob this couple and perhaps even kill them. However, one of the robbers um, just saw something about this, this child. And um, uh, he refused to let Mary and Joseph and the baby be robbed or killed. And he said this. He said, oh, most blessed of children, if ever there comes a time to have mercy on me, remember me and and do not forget this hour. This individual, where do we see him next? Elizabeth on the cross. The the thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. Whether or not that's true or not, (laughs) 
We have no idea. But this thief who saved Jesus' life as an infant and Mary and Joseph's tradition has it that So he, where is that written? There's there's a whole lot of um Apocryphal little little yeah. thing. You know, there's there's little gospels about Jesus, yeah. um, where where Jesus as a boy was in his father's carpenter shop, and Joseph cut a piece of wood two inches shorter than it was supposed to be, and Jesus touched it and yeah. spread right. it. Out. You know, there's all kinds of things like that. <laughs> There's another little um, there's another little story that comes up that during this during this trip to um, Egypt, Mary was Mary was very very hungry, and they were underneath a date palm tr- palm tree, and um, Jesus saw Mary being hungry and he smiled and the palm tree bowed down so that Mary could, <laughs> that Mary could take the date palms and then there's an, and, then, and then there's another there's another story that on their journey from Bethlehem, from Bethlehem to um, Egypt one evening you know pretty soon when they left left um, Bethlehem they sought um, refuge for the night in a you know in a cave and um, it was cold um, and Again, this is all legend and everything. A spider weaved a web in front of this cave to protect the couple from the cold. Herod's soldiers, though, were after this couple. And they were searching every nook and cranny for this couple that fled. But when they came to this cave, that had the web in front of it, they said, well, they can't at all be in there because they would have broken the spider web. So they, they just ignored, ignored them. And then, and how this ever gets there, I have no idea. They say that that's the tradition we have of putting tinsel on our trees. I have no idea. I have no idea where that came from. You know, either. So, um, but all kinds of things happened on the way from Bethlehem to Egypt. Um, we don't. We don't really. Obviously, we don't really know. Um, however, um, we do know that they did get to Egypt. And there are, I believe there are a number, but there's one, um, there's one church in Egypt, a uh, cathedral that has been built, um, supposedly over the place where Mary and Joseph stayed when they were in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, that had, and that happened um, to, for, for many of the um, sites in the Holy Lands, you know, today, if you have been to... Um, if you have been to Israel, you know, there's the Church of the Annunciation. It was built supposedly over the place where the angel announced to Mary that she would be the mother of, the mother of um, our Lord. There's, there's a church built over the place where Jesus, supposed, where Jesus supposedly um, um, 
was crucified, yes, of course. And um, there's a there's a, a church built where Jesus um, fed the five, you know, f- fed the five thousand to commemorate those places. And in Egypt, there are not only tradition, but a cathedral has been built over the place where tradition tells us or, or says that this is where the the Christ um, and Mary and Joseph lived while they were while they were there. Um, we have no idea um, how long they were in Egypt. We do not. We do not know. It probably wasn't a long time. That if we think in terms of perhaps Jesus being born in in six or five B.C., knowing that Herod died in four B.C. and all those other events took place. Um, you know, some say you know maybe a year, maybe even just months. They lived in in Egypt. But once Herod died, we're told then that um, we're um, in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 2. It says, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when they heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea, in place of his father Herod, Joseph was afraid to go there. And having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, He will be called a Nazarene. Um, Again, we're talking about another another trip. A trip from um, Egypt back up into what we're going to call, at this point, I'm going to call the Holy Lands. And you almost get the impression that it was Joseph's intent to take Mary and the child and to live in Bethlehem. Um, that would have been the land of Judea. Um, so you, you almost get that impression that that, would have, that is what Joseph, that was Joseph's home. Um, that's, where, that's, where family, that's where family was. Um, you know, how he got to Nazareth to begin with um, and met Mary up there. Um, we think that perhaps because of you know job um, opportunities that he went from Bethlehem to Nazareth and met Mary you know up there. So, but his original intent then was to go to Judea, was to was to perhaps go back to Bethlehem, and that's where he and Mary would 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 settle with this child, but. But what happened was this, that when Herod died, um, he, had, he had, I think, three, perhaps four sons, but I'm, I'm going to say three. The land was, give, was divided up amongst these, these three sons. Herod Archelaus would have, was in charge of Judea, this, where Jerusalem and Bethlehem was, down south. Antipas... Herod Antipas was in charge of the Galilee area up north, where where, where uh, Nazareth was, and Herod Philip 
was given in charge of the land on the north and on the other side, on the eastern side of the Jordan River and the Sea of, of Galilee. And, and Archelaus, that son, he was as bad as his father. Um, he had, um, upon taking over, he had over 3,000 prominent Jews killed um, in, the temple, in the temple area. So his reputation was not very sterling. And um, Joseph decided, with Ma- obviously, would, would Mary have had a say? I guess she would. <laughs> not much. Um, decided, I'm not go- we're not going to settle in Bethlehem. We're going to go back to Nazareth to get out from Archelaus, this cruel, this cruel Herod. Um, and I guess maybe that probably made Mary happy because she was going to be back with her family um, up there, you know, you know, up there originally, or where they originally came from. So that's the that's the trips then that that they that they make. There's they were a, a you know a traveling group of, of people in the course of those um, you know couple of years from from um, from the synagogue to the temple to Egypt and then from Egypt back to um, Nazareth. Um, just any thoughts about this then? And this is kind of the end of the, this is the end of really that we know about the life of Christ except that one incident when he's 12 years old. We know, more, we know nothing else about his, his um, upbringing in, you know, in Nazareth. Um, there are a number of um, I'm going to say gospels that are that have been written that describe some of Jesus' childhood, but we really don't know if any of it is, you know, is true. Um, we do have that one event when he's 12, and then the next time he comes on the scene is perhaps when he's about 30 years old with John the Baptist, um, you know, his cousin. Um, just any thoughts about may this go, part? May I go back? I have a question sure. on Luke. Um, um, Simeon, uh, is this significant? Um, you have prepared in the presence of all peoples and a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people. Yeah, um, you know, go back. Again, I'm going to go back for, to our very first lesson. Why did God call Abraham into existence? To reverse the Tower of Babel. <clears throat> that is when the nations of the world were dispersed. He says to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation so that you can be a blessing to the nations of the world. Um, the, reason, um, the reason the Jews, Israel, was called into existence was to be a light to the Gentiles, to bring the world back to God. Um, Israel failed at that. And, you know, there are, some who's, there are some who say that Israel was reduced to one, Jesus. In the Old Testament, God called the nation of Israel his son, At the cross, at, at Jesus, Jesus is now his son. And it's kind of interesting. 
And, and Matthew is the one who makes this point. Notice that Jesus' life, in some ways, parallels Jesus, the one Israel, parallels the big Israel coming out of <clears throat> taken into Egypt. Um, um, coming out of Egypt as Israel did. Jesus begins his ministry by crossing the Jordan as Israel came in. To. And so what, you know, so in a way what you get as a picture is you have Israel, a big place, a big group of people whose mission was to bring the nations of the world back to God. And that number decreased to one. And then from Jesus, he calls the church, the new Israel. Now it has expanded to us. We are the new Israel who have the same mission, go into all of the world, baptize and teach them to obey. We have that, we are to be a light to the world. That you went from there to Jesus to us today. Same mission. It's the same. Same. No, the same. That we have that same mission that Israel had initially. That's where you know that all may know about Jesus. Um, we have just a few minutes. Um, Thinking in terms of the Christmas personalities that we have looked at, and we could even add, you know, you can add more to them. Any lessons that you would like to think it would be good for us to emulate Mary? What, did, what lessons would you learn from Mary? Obedience. Obedience. Patience. 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 Okay. For great faith. Faith. Great faith. Great faith. Um, flexibility. Flexibility. <laughs> I don't know if she had a choice, though, did she? Um, yeah. Strength. Yeah, strength. What, what about Joseph? Pay attention to your, my dreams. Pay attention to your dreams? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some of my dreams. Uh, <laughs> I know. Pay attention. It was interesting, you know, other other uh, announcements were by the appearance of an angel, uh-huh. but for Joseph, it was in, in the dream. It's always a mention. Right. Oh, experience with, yeah. with an angel. Right. Um, which I don't think it means too much, except um, God can get get through to help me know what He wants me to know, any way He wants to. Yeah. Yeah, one of the interesting things about angels, whenever you see angels mentioned in the scripture, I believe God's salvation story is taking another step forward. It, it really, it really is. Yeah. You, know, you can think in terms of Mary, Joseph. You can think of, yeah. you, can, you can think of, um, you know, John the Baptist. And you can think of the ascension. You know, it's always... Take it another step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other, courage, other, um, courage for Joseph. Courage for oh, Joseph, gosh. yeah. Right. Well, I always thought he must have been a very interesting man because obviously God chose 
Joseph to be Jesus' earthly father, just like he chose Mary to be his mother. So he must have been a pretty amazing... I think so. Amazing man, because he would have had a big influence on Jesus' life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. Um, Obviously a good husband. Um, uh, You know, I I think he obeyed the... uh, You know, again, obviously obeyed all of the, the... the rituals of of his people was obedient to you know to that. Um, he was uh, faithful. Yeah, faithful very, very much so. He was um, respected in yeah. the community. It yeah. sounds like. Yeah. <clears throat> what what about what about the shepherds? Anything we can learn from them? Just remember what uh, Pastor Stano said last week about it being the lowest of low. Mm-hmm. As somebody argued with him about that. I yes. Think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but, but they had some faith. They did. They did. They may not have been literate, but they had some kind of faith. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's a sign for me. Right. Right. All of the signs. And they were willing to listen to the, to the message and, and, and go. Yeah. Wise men? Follow your heart. Follow your heart. I I always like the phrase, and I know we wrote a Christmas letter one time. It says, after they saw the Christ child, they left another way. In other words, they didn't, and I think what that meant was they didn't go back to Jerusalem. Right. Um, But there is that phrase, they left another way. And I wonder... You know, what does Christmas do to us? Um, are we the same people that we were before Christmas? Um, has Christmas affected us? Do we leave the manger another way? Hopefully better or more sure of our faith. Um, it, it's just... You know what? Do, you know what? What does the message of Christmas do to us? I, I was thinking a similar kind of thing, uh, reflecting on it. How is it that I am moved by Christmas? They were moved uh, by the star, uh, whatever that meant, and then the, it, whereas you know the, the scribes and the established. Religious leaders were not moved while they were the ones expecting the Messiah to come. But nevertheless, they were, the Magi were moved. Uh, and then in, the, in their return, they were moved to go a different way. Yep, yeah. uh, so they were, um, they were moved to worship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, bring, and bring the gifts. The gifts. Yeah. And worship. Yeah. And like I said, just that, just that phrase, they, they left by, you know, they left another way. What does Christmas, how does it change us? Mm-hmm. And they had the courage to go into a strange land. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Um, maybe just then to sum it up with this final thought. God so loved the world. This truth is revealed in the one born in Bethlehem. He was so much more than the people were expecting. And we talked about that in one of our one of our classes. At Christmas, it is a tradition to give gifts. The greatest gift that we can give others is this. 
telling them the real meaning of Christmas, its priceless message has eternal implications. And I think that was one of the messages of past this sermon this morning. Mm -hmm. Let me drop the name of Jesus. There is no Bible class next Sunday. And I believe in two Sundays, Pastor Keenert is doing his Bible study again with with um, with Bill. Um, heaven, yes, hell, no. Oh no, hell, no. Oh, you had it right. You had it right. Heaven, yes, hell, no. I think they switched it though. Oh, did they switch it? Yeah. <laughs> hell, no. Heaven, yes. Okay. Actually, that's in three weeks. It is. What's next? Yeah, next week, Tara says it's just going to be some standalone. She wasn't sure what it would be. But Next week there is none at all. I mean in two weeks. In two weeks. Two weeks there's just going to be one, and then comes uh, chip and flip. Uh, no. Three weeks. Fill and fill. Fill and fill. Okay. Let us maybe let's just close with this again. This final thought that we do know that God so loved the world, and help us, Lord, with our lives and with our words be able to share that message of Christmas because it is indeed a message that has eternal implications. And we rejoice that we know who that child in Bethlehem was, our Savior, just as John pointed out, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.